0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to another episode of Glass Half Full, a podcast and a safe platform where we talk with a variety of teachers, entrepreneurs, spiritualists, uplifters, givers, shakers, and serenaders. Everyone has a lesson to learn and a lesson to share. Let's use our life experiences to enrich someone's heart, mind, Spirit and soul. Through sharing our experiences, we can be a learning inspiration for one another. I'm your host, Chris Levins. Let's welcome today's guest. Today's guest is Nina Minshel. She is the owner and director of a music and drama school based in the UK. She can be found busy with lessons in person as well as teaching online. Nina is working with a variety of ages, teaching and nurturing her students to enjoy music and the expressions it brings. Nina has her undergraduate degree in drama and English literature from Plymouth University and her master's in theater practice from Exeter University. She is known to all as an educator, confidant, and friend. Let's welcome Nina Minshaw. Hello. Welcome, Nina. Good afternoon.
1: Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to be here with us today. We really appreciate oh, it. <laughs> How's your day going so far?
1: Yeah, it's going good. It's been um, really quite nice weather in the UK, um, which makes a nice change.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, what? that's true because you all often have cloudy, rainy weather, right? Even in it summer? It is
1: often pretty, yes. I would say it's pretty, pretty rainy here. And You know, we're not known for the best weather in the UK. So, um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it's been nice to see some sunshine.
0: I know that's right. Well, let's jump right on in. So the first question I like to ask all my guests is that our lives are in spiritual design. Can you share your life layout or your blueprint with us, meaning how you grew up? What kind of family did you come from? Do you have any siblings?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, so um, I was born in Osaka, in Hirakata, uh, in Japan. So I grew up there until I was about six. Mm -hmm. I have a mom and dad, uh, but I was born into a Christian family. Okay. Uh, So two uh, two parents, both Christians, and then a sibling-wise, I have a brother and a sister. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I lived there till I was six, and then we moved to the UK. Um, so I was—I would say basically all of my adult life has been in the UK. Wow. But um, but yeah, but I did spend the first uh, yeah, six years in in Osaka.
0: Wow. Okay. So are you mixed blood? Do you are you part Japanese as well?
1: I am. Yeah. So I'm half Japanese and half British. So Japanese from my mum's side.
0: Okay. Nice. That's awesome. So let me ask you, how long have you been in business for?
1: So we've just reached a decade.
0: Yes. So t- congratulations.
1: Woo. Thank you.
0: That's awesome.
1: It really, it really goes quick. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel like 10 years.
0: So can I because ask this- you, why has your business been so successful for so many years?
1: I wouldn't say it's just one thing, but I would say with what we do, because we're working uh, one-to-one with students or in small groups, okay. it's really about uh, coming alongside the student, um, bringing out what's already inside of them, but bringing out their best qualities. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with our school, it's somewhere that students really feel like they can be themselves. Oh, so I think, nice. you, yeah, I think when you offer something like that, you don't have to do too much to actually <laughs> keep the student. <laughs> because it's more about sort of going on a journey with the student and uh, building that relationship. It's true. So I think in that sense, you don't have to do too much to to keep the students. So um, a lot of our students, you know, they've been with us for many years for that reason. Nice yeah
0: how is um what is the youngest student and the oldest what's the difference in age <laughs>
1: okay it would depend on the subject because we do offer quite a few subjects um i have gone as young as three what? years old <laughs> for piano yeah Wow. so if you try teaching a three-year-old the piano it's not the easiest but we do try
0: wow that's pretty um, impressive
1: <laughs> yeah and i would say the oldest Um. 70s 80s wow so we get the full range yeah and male and female as well because i feel like um at least with some of my friends they they sometimes perceive some of the subjects that we teach to be more female orientated Mm -hmm. so i don't know something like um maybe like singing for example, my brother would sort of say, you know, oh, oh do you, would you get more girls doing that kind of thing or more females? But mm-hmm. honestly, it really is. A, it really is a mix. Um, I would say all the subjects that we do, so singing or even piano or drama, uh, we get a mix of ages, um, both male and female. Wow! So nice. it's uh, yeah, I feel like it sort of appeals to sort of a wide, quite a wide audience.
0: How many subjects are you teaching? How many kinds of classes are available?
1: So they are all coming under either music or acting. So um, are we talking about uh, pre-COVID or post?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, why don't you tell us before and the after so we can see about the difference?
1: (laughs) So, I mean, before it was still coming under either music or uh, musical drama. So we Mm -hmm. were doing... Uh, the th- so the three main ones that I think a lot of studios offer or multi-instrument studios. So mm-hmm. we were having uh, guitar, voice, and piano. Okay. So then, as well as that, we were doing uh, keyboard. We uh, were doing music theory, uh, and then within the acting side, we'd do musical theatre, uh, drama, and speech and acting. Mm. And we were also offering some Japanese language classes as well at that time. Wow. That was the only non-musical drama subject, Mm -hmm. but this was pre-COVID.
0: Okay. How has it changed since Corona Uh, has
1: come? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's more, I would say, weighted towards piano, drama and singing. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So we haven't, uh, we have kept still, still kept quite a few. It's just that we've sort of streamlined the most popular ones. OK, uh, I'm not, that's not to say we won't bring back the other subjects, but uh, yeah, that's what we've done, because the, the school here, we had to sort of close for a period of time. I don't know what it was like in, in Japan, but um, yeah, for a period of time, we did have to close in the UK. So, mm. uh, yeah, so it's more about sort of streamlining and making sure that the quality of what we do offer is still really good.
0: And, you know, that's important about the quality, you know, even though regardless of how many subjects you're teaching or classes to me quality is everything um and once we start to chip off of you know taking away from the quality then things start to go down as far as product and presentation and all of that so
1: I, yeah i agree i agree and i think um well at least in the uk you do get uh quite a lot of schools that don't do things quite the way that we do. So say if you take uh, the music theatre or the acting side, you might find a lot of schools that try and really pack a lot of kids into one class to say 30 kids in one class. Mm. Um, That is something that we, that we could do, but it's not something that I personally like to do just because I just feel that if you're going to do that and if you're going to do a show, say at the end of the term, you're going to get the more confident ones at the front, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe the shyer ones at the back. And uh, I've been finding a lot of the ones that come to us, a lot of students, they might have been to a school like that before, not got what they wanted out of it, and then they come to us because we have that one-to-one or that small group format. Mm-hmm. Sometimes
0: yeah. the students do need that one-on-one attention. Every, you know, some people don't do well in large groups; they kind of fall behind, or you know. Stepped over. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with doing it that way in a large group because mm-hmm. obviously there are a lot of kids, uh, and a lot of students that do benefit from that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have these big groups. True. But I'm just saying, for what we do, uh, we like to do things a little bit different.
0: Nice, nothing wrong with that.
1: Let me ask yeah. you: uh,
0: What's one of the biggest risks you have ever taken? And it could be with your business or school or it could be in your regular personal or regular life.
1: Yeah, um, I would say because I started the school a decade ago, I had really just graduated. I think I was less than a year after having graduated. And for me, it was a big risk because I'm not from a business background. I didn't study business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it really was a big risk because I've had to learn everything as I've gone along. Mm. Amen on that. I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As you know, you know this yourself. It's true. And, um, because people that are say musicians or actors or teachers, they're not necessarily business people. Obviously (laughs) they can. Some people people do have those skills. And then some people like myself haven't necessarily come from that background. Mm hmm. So it was a steep learning curve, and it it is a big risk, and you know this going from being employed or um or freelance whatever it is that you're doing mm-hmm. to just working for yourself um, yes. there's all sorts of concerns and worries, and I think when you do it at the beginning, it can be quite overwhelming to start a business
0: very true, very true,
1: so yeah, I would say that was a a pretty a pretty big risk for me,
0: well, it's panned out. It's panned out, definitely. Right? I always say nothing comes without taking risks. We have to be able to put something on the table to feel like we want to get something, or give up something that you feel that you really want to try to get something else. Um, Playing it safe doesn't keep us. We don't really learn from playing safe. You know, it's not something that I feel that. You know, we want to feel like you can land on your feet in situations, and playing it safe doesn't give you that. But the risk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
1: I think it's um a lot of it is linked to wanting to have control, that sort of intrinsic need to have control. And I think mm-hmm. that when we feel that we don't have that control and we are taking those risks, there is going to be a leap of faith of some sort.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Because uh and and I feel like some people don't always get there or they might or they if they're happy, some people are just happy with their lives, just uh, you know, being comfortable, and that's completely fine. Mm, speak and of and it. then <laughs> yeah, and then you get, and then for but for myself, um, I quite like to take a risk once in a while because I find it exciting to do something new mm-hmm. and to take on a new challenge. But at the same time, I know that that wouldn't uh, that doesn't suit everybody.
0: It's true. I always say there's a difference between being comfortable and complacent. And sometimes we mix up the two. And, you know, Mm. we want to feel like being comfortable, we can still grow. But being complacent, you're not growing, you're stuck in the same thing. You know, so I think it's nice to feel that, hey, to be comfortable, but we're still trying to grow and reach. But, you know, feeling that we're stuck somewhere and that's not good. We want to feel that we're constantly trying to move forward, step by step. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely.
1: I feel like the current climate that we're in, with even though as as awful as COVID has been, um, I've heard stories from a, a few a few people that I know and some of my friends now that have said that it's made them re rethink what they want to do with their lives. Yes, and realize that actually they have stagnated a bit mm-hmm. and they have become a little bit as you say too comfortable and yeah so I think that um this period of time where we've had a little bit more perhaps space to evaluate and think about what we would like in mm-hmm. our lives mm-hmm. for some people it actually uh has enabled them to perhaps go and take that risk that they weren't thinking of doing before or Or, yeah, or go and take that course that you you want you've been wanting to do for a few years, but sort of haven't you haven't pushed yourself to do it. And this kind of thing, you know, so, uh, yeah, I think. um, Good things can come out of uh, (laughs) things that seem.
0: It's true. I mean, we do have to take a look at just go to gratefulness. A lot of times is what I try to do when I feel that things aren't right. But you're right. That. It's even in the midst of the bad there has been a lot of good. I've been blessed during the this covid time and you know a lot of people complain that they lost work but my classes went online and yeah I just continued teaching. My schedule was just as full as it was when we were in person. So um, it was a real Aww. blessing that I was able to continue working and that everyone decided that they wanted to go online. I shouldn't say everyone. There were some people who did stop, but there was a majority who felt like, okay, sure, we'll go online. And so I was able to continue working. So it was a blessing for me. So I just keep my mouth shut when people say like, oh, you know, they're complaining about it because I get it. It wasn't for everybody. So... um, But in my case as well, I was very blessed and grateful for the opportunity to still work. How long did you close your school for?
1: Right. So in the UK uh, last year, so 2020 was when we first went into lockdown. And I think it was in March, the end of March. So I closed from the end of March to about September, October time. I then reopened for about one month only in october and then we had to close again so (laughs) um yeah so we closed again until last month and then i reopened again last month now uh, you guys are fully
0: in person
1: again uh no so like yourself um when we went into lockdown a lot of things went online so for me too i'm very i was very fortunate that um well that yeah people were sort of just had that expectation or they were sort of quite grateful that you were st- that I was still able to offer lessons. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. Many I, people here too.
1: I feel like um even if our studio with our in-person studio if I had just said to students, "Hey, would you like to go online?" they might not have wanted that.
0: <laughs> it's true. It <because> must- was <laughs>
1: Because they were comfortable, they were used to the in-person classes and that, and true. I completely get that. I almost think that you have to show people, they have to experience what it's like to have an online class. And once they experience it and they see it for themselves, that it's not that different and you can still have a great quality class when it's online, then they were fine. It's and uh, the You're strange, right. thing is, yeah. And the strange thing is a lot of students have decided to stay online rather than go back to in-person with us.
0: Yes, yeah, same so, here, uh, right? Some people the same. They've uh, just decided they're comfortable. They're at home. They can finish and close that laptop down and just roll out, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, it's been unexpected. But uh, but yeah, we've actually I've actually got sort of a hybrid at the moment. So we have students that uh, would still like to continue with their online classes. And then some students that the online wasn't for them or they just wanted to wait. And that's fine. So those students have gone back to in-person.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess the same here. Most of, well, I, I shouldn't say that. That's a lie. Everybody's back um, in person. There might be, I have a lot of new students that have started online, so I've never met them. But the ones oh, who are in yeah. person That's have cool. all returned in person. We, of course, are wearing masks um, for the lessons and there's alcohol and air cleaner on and Windows open, and so, um, and mm-hmm. we haven't had any issues. And people are disinfecting when they enter the door, and wearing slippers. So, um, yeah, it's it's been mm-hmm. nice to definitely to see people again. Do you find as a teacher that sometimes you become more than a teacher, uh, meaning that sometimes the students are dealing with things that are happening in their lives, and they just can't do the lesson. But they still come and they bring whatever they were dealing with with them to the lesson and still try, but sometimes they can't, or they just need to talk or to chat. Do you find that's ever happened to you where the student just you end up becoming the counselor or you know something of that Mm -hmm. sort instead of actually teaching a music lesson?
1: Definitely, I've had it quite a few times where, yeah, either a student. I have had it a few times where a student just wants to come in and chat. Mm-hmm. And I've had it a few times where a student, well, they come in and I can kind of see that they're a little bit distracted or they're a little bit upset about something. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, we might either stop or they might want to just carry on. I've had it that way as well, where somebody sort of just comes to the lesson as something fun that they can do that takes their mind off whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm and yes so i do say that the at this role i often say it's part teacher and part counselor <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. and, it's um, true it's so true
1: yeah it's, i think it's really great this kind of work because as i said at the beginning it's more about going on a journey with the student and coming alongside the student and i just feel like with that you are going to be you know getting getting a little bit of the uh what's going on in their everyday lives as well, because we're working with real people in quite a close capacity. It's true. So um, particularly, I would say, actually, out of all the subjects, I would say that singing um, is the most exposed in the sense that it's an instrument that comes out of you internally, Yes. as opposed to perhaps an external instrument like a piano. And of course, piano is personal as well but you're not creating the sound from within your own body. It's true. So I would say out of all of the subjects that, um that people that come for singing uh might, yeah, we might get a little bit more of that sort of their everyday lives and their own personal stuff going on, sort of coming into the class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that as well, that anybody that perhaps is thinking about going into this kind of work, just as a, a caveat to that you do need to find the balance <laughs> you need to find the balance because you can't be the only person responsible for what that person is going to do in the sense that if they do ask you for advice so say if they are having an issue in an area of their lives and they come to you and they want you to advise them mm-hmm. well You can, you can do a little bit of that, but I think that a little bit of caution has to be exercised with that.
0: Okay, please explain.
1: Well, because we're not professional therapists, we're not, (laughs) there's an element of counseling that comes into this kind of work. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're not professionally trained Mm -hmm. to deal with, uh, all the kinds of things that might come up in these lessons.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think what you can do is try your best um, to support them, to help them, but it always needs to be a a focus on what it is that they are coming there for. So if they are coming there to learn piano, to act, to sing, you know, the focus really needs to be on there because otherwise you can spend the whole session and it turns into a counseling session, whereas we're not necessarily equipped for that. Mm-hmm. Does that Understand. make sense? Yeah,
0: no, no. It's it's explained very clearly. I get it. I get it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Do what you can do, and when it steps out of that, then you you direct them to someone who focuses in that area where Absolutely. they can get the the best
1: Absolutely. attention. Uh, Definitely. And I think, and I think as well, not being worried or concerned about signposting them to places and not being worried that you don't have all the answers and not being worried if, Oh, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to advise that student. Or was that the right advice? Was it, you know, not being worried that you don't have the right answers and not being concerned about signposting them to somebody that might.
0: Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, no, there's nothing to be worried about. You do what you can do. Definitely
1: absolutely i would do that in my even in my actual (laughs) in a normal teaching that i do um with all of the subjects sometimes even if it's a musical question or a question about some sort of an acting technique us teachers don't know everything
0: (laughs) it's true i'll tell the students as well let's find out together if i don't know let's let's, yeah yeah
1: absolutely but always get back to the student if you say uh please get
0: back to the student
1: (laughs) because the disappointment that i've had when i've been a child or something and the teacher might say oh i'll get back to you on that one and they never do oh, not good no, <laughs> so, it's, not.
0: it's not good
1: yeah yeah so if i don't know about something i'll be honest about it i'll be like oh, i'm not quite sure about that but let me find out or oh, let's find out together like you said and you know that way um i find that the students they're they're more generous than what you would think and it's honest like, uh, right
0: like how are we supposed to know everything just because we're absolutely, teachers, right? Absolutely. You know, so ideally, being able to say "I don't know," <laughs> you know, is an answer. So I think that it's fair to just let them know, "Hey, we can find this out together." Or, "No, I didn't know that." Yeah, yeah. my kids are always teaching yeah. me something about what's happening in the music, the latest this, the latest that. So, um, and I love it. We learn together. I laugh. I'm like, "Ooh, I didn't waste 24 hours. I learned something new." So I didn't, <laughs> yeah, my grandmother I, used to say, if you don't learn anything new within 24 hours, you've wasted a whole day. So
1: absolutely, ideally, absolutely. i I'd
0: catch those moments of learning, for sure.
1: Uh, and we're not going to know all these songs that these six-year-olds are listening to, are we? So.
0: Okay. It's, I mean, I don't teach six-year-olds, but even the, the teenagers that are coming in, I'm like, who is this? They're always introducing yep. me to new music. So it's quite exciting. Because maybe some of the genres aren't things that I'm listening to in my playlist, but I'm always happy to feel like I can find out about a new singer or some new song and be like, okay, thank you guys. Teach me. We can can learn together. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you, who has been the most influential person in your life?
1: I wouldn't say that there's only one person. Um, It would be yeah um yeah I'm not entirely sure if there's anybody specific, but I would say in terms of uh attitudes and work ethic and that kind of thing, but of course, I come from a Japanese mom, so her <laughs> work, <ethic is, laughs> work ethic is crazy, you know, and um yeah. I think because i come from so i would say that my parents because i come from two parents there and they are both very hard working and they've got a great work ethic Nice. and um yeah some of my sort of the my world views and principles and work ethic i would say would come from them oh they would be so happy
0: to hear that well they can listen back after <laughs> when it's
1: <laughs> they can listen i'll be sending this to them <laughs>
0: this is on, they're going to be like
1: oh yeah that's a great <laughs> yeah.
0: answer definitely I mean, hey, being a parent is not, it's a lifetime job, you know, like, I think the hardest part is when people are growing up and you being in the house and, but when you become adult, they still are involved, you know. My mom is sending me birthday cards all the way here to Japan.
1: <laughs>
0: and they land on the day. I, we, My sister and I always laugh, we're like, she has some deal with the postman, like. It oh, just, it lands how does on that day. happen isn't that so special and she writes in it you know and she's writing in cursive number one which they don't even teach anymore in the schools um you know so it's just but to put a card in a mail and put a stamp on it like people don't do that anymore you know yeah they're yeah. sending like an e-card you know <laughs>
1: oh no i don't like these e-cards as much if I'm going to send cards, I'll be sending it old school.
0: Yeah, I like it. And it's it just takes a little bit more care. And it just shows that people have gone just a little bit more out of their way to show that they really care about you when they put a card in the mail. I really do. I think yeah. it's, it's extra sweet. Definitely.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, in closing, let me ask you um, one final question. Is your glass half empty or half full?
1: Does that depend on your perspective?
0: It does. It, everybody's <laughs> answer has been different. So whatever you decide, there's <laughs> no wrong it,
1: answer. Yeah, I would say it depends on your perspective. For me, it's going to be full, but okay. it does depend on your perspective. But uh, yeah, of okay. course, for me, it's going to be full because oh. it's... Uh,
0: I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, because uh, I always prefer to uh to see the positives and to see the things that i have got
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than to see the things that i empty or that i haven't got i just think it's it's more enjoyable that way oh, and it gets more cute. it gets more done
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that it gets more done um nina do you have any final thoughts for any of our listeners today
1: I would say if there is anybody considering the sort of thing that we've done, um, starting their own business or they have a business idea and they sort of think, oh, maybe it might be cool to work for myself Mm -hmm. and this kind of thing, I'd just like to say anybody can do it. And I know that sounds like, you know, for a lot of people, it's very overwhelming when you're first starting to think about opening a business. But if I can do it, anybody can do it. It just takes hard work. And you know, perseverance, and if you've got the right attitude and you work hard, anyone can do it.
0: Yes, you've heard it. You've heard it. Excellent. Can you tell everyone how they can reach you if they want to check out, send your email or check out your school?
1: Sure, sure. So uh, our website is hikariarts.com. So that's H-I-K-A-R-I and then arts, A-R-T-S dot com. And then if you'd like to send me an email, it's nina at hikariarts.com. So that's n-i-n-a at hikariarts.com.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Nina, for taking some time out to be a guest on Glass Half Full. We're happy to have you today.
1: No worries. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And we'll definitely have to have you back next season. Definitely.
1: (laughs) Sounds good. Always happy to be on.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. You have a great afternoon. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. And thank you for all our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Glass Half Full, a safe platform for everyone to share their life experiences. Once again, I'm your host, Chris Levins. Please subscribe, follow, and rate this podcast for more learning experiences.